The Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. Brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process. His cell is 302-864-8643. And stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe. Subscribe at writestorickysanchez.com slash newsletter. Mike and I also write for the newsletter. Is your week, right? I My believe week. it's your week. So Mike will be writing Thursday morning. I was going to write it during the game and then I, I nah. didn't do it. So. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I'll see what I write about. The rights to Ricky Set. No, on the, on the show Start today. again. <laughs> on the show today, the Sixers play the Celtics again. It's the only team they play. They play them at the end of last season. They just keep playing them. But their three top players, Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Furkan Korkmaz, all sit out. Michael Rubin is talking shit about the Sixers a little bit. And a lot of players seem to be willing to throw shade at Doc Rivers. ESPN's Top 100 is almost all out. And the annual NBA GM survey disrespects Joel Embiid's defense. We are 175 subscribers away from 12,000 on YouTube. Please subs- please subscribe. I mentioned Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. They are the creators of Surfside Iced Tea and Vodka. Sunshine in a can. That's right, baby. Sunshine in a can. You see it all over Citizens Bank Park. I believe it is their number one canned beverage right there at Citizens Bank Park. You see the see the billboard. You see people drinking it's it. It's everywhere. everywhere. It's everywhere. It's the best. It's it, it is the best of its kind. It's the best of its kind. Hundred calories, lightly sweet, no carbonation. It's just. You get yourself an ice cold state or surfside. It's the shit, man. Whether it's the regular iced tea and vodka, peach tea and vodka, iced tea, lemonade and vodka, or the lemonade and vodka. I don't think I've tried the straight lemonade and vodka. Have I? I think I have. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, go to statesidevodka.com. You got to be 21. Happy birthday, Dustin. Happy 35th birthday, Dustin. Your girlfriend, Lisa, sent us an email. Says that Dustin watches all of the Sixers games with his dog, Koji. You will be subject to um, animal control for torturing your dog by making him watch the Sixers games. But happy birthday, Dustin. Your girlfriend loved you enough to send us an email. Uh, we're back to the original one, CJ. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Mike, of all the teams in Philadelphia we could do podcasts about, we picked the Sixers. We picked the Sixers. We feel so fucking dumb. Just feel like a total idiot. Like an enormous idiot. Let's do it. A, a huge idiot. Anyway, here we are. Two huge idiots. I'm Spike Eskin, along with Mike Levin. We are doing that, what, what is it, about six minutes left in the third quarter? That's my guess, yeah, five, right? Yeah. So Sixers playing their second preseason game. Embiid doesn't play. Harden doesn't play. Firk doesn't play. Kind of a kind of would. I hope Embiid plays in the next two or plays in. You know, he hasn't. He's not been famous for being in great shape as the season starts. I wouldn't mind him getting a couple of runs in. I continue to be amazed every time. Tyrese Maxey pulls up from three and it goes in. I don't think I've ever been more surprised about a player's specific skill development than not just Tyrese Maxey becoming a good shooter, but becoming a, I'm surprised when it doesn't go in even from 26 feet away shooter, right? It's like wild. I'm still, I feel like I'm still not adjusted to it completely. Yeah. I mean, he's just special. It's great. It's really cool to watch the other 
players like the veterans defer to him, mm-hmm. especially with Harden not playing in either of these games. Um, he can just hit shots in so many different ways. Obviously, his range is not just like tippy toe Tobias three point range. It's like Come six further. to eight yeah. feet deep beyond that. Um, he's finishing at the rim. I think he's using, you know, f- for the first part of his career, it was just like speed, 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 speed. And he's using his speed to get to where he wants. And he had that floater that was nasty and then like very unique. It was more like a runner than a floater. And then he started using the threat of that to get into his step backs over the last season or two. And he started getting good at that. And now it feels like he finished at the rim a bunch of times tonight. He's using the threat of the shot to then set up the drive and the everybody else is too scared of him, like stepping back from wherever and stuff. And he's just really good. He's got a really nice touch. Uh, I, I hope that he gets more calls this season, you know, drawing fouls and, and learning how to like get those whistles and stuff, get those free throw attempts up to like six or seven per game, especially if Harden's not there. Would be um, massive if he got it to that. Honestly, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be yeah. really, really good. He's just great. He's the best. I love him. A bevy of shot making from our second best player. Speaking of shot making, Danny Green is going to make the team. Oh you know, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm watching him 100%. in this game, and I'm he like, looks good. Right? I was, I was going to say he hasn't lost a step, but the truth is, he hasn't lost a step since he lost several steps. Yes, yes. Right. He's, if you know. If you look at how many steps down, you take like six steps down each year. Now he's back like two steps up. So like he still has lost a couple steps in the net. But for the past year or two, he's back, baby. Yeah, um, he is. Yeah, back. I mean, he hits a corner three off a baseline cut. That was really nice. How about hits the fast back break? Corner three. And then he gets a pick six <laughs> fast break where he like kind of steps in front of somebody to lean in and uh, absorb the contact a little bit. I was so confident he was not going to make that. Um, I'm glad that, you know, I, I was, I'm watching the game. Ooh, Springer with a three. Springer with a pull-up. Uh, he looks good. I'll get to Springer in a second. Um, but, I'm you know, we're watching the Phillies game. Phillies win game three. Massive win. Everybody goes yard. And so I'm, like, watching the Sixers on, my, on the iPad. And there were, I'm sure, plays that I missed because I'm so locked in on the Phillies game. But I'm really glad I got to watch that pick six Danny Green play. That it was awesome. I would have been upset if I missed. That and was it was a special setup for a Danny, moment. by the way. It was oh, a well, setup 100%. for a Danny. Oh, that was yeah. like Danny all the way. Yeah. If there was like somebody holding a here comes the Danny sign, they would have been ready to <laughs> ready to go with it. And he, he finished. And I People, do think he's going to make the team. They're, you know, we, yeah. They have 16 guys on the roster right now. Somebody's got to go. Um, either in a trade or just a wave situation. Danny is the most, his contract is the most non-guaranteed, but I think he is the most likely out of him, uh, Trez and Petrushev to, to make the roster. B-ball continues to be aggressive. I think he, he shot a, was it on the f- very first possession? I think he shot a three and then. Yeah. Well, and he then should he shoot that another, three. Yeah. Straight away above the break. Absolutely. Keep doing it. I, I do miss a little bit. Now he doesn't. He doesn't harden there. In fairness to B ball, I do miss a little bit the just setting fucking screen after screen after screen and rim running. I I hope. I assume this is. I hope this is just a feel himself out period because I, I definitely don't need him doing all of these things every game. You know, I'm glad that he's trying them. A lot of threes are fine, but the mm-hmm. he's got a lot of. A lot of moves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's taken it. He's taken it to Porzingis a couple times. Yeah, um, I was impressed by, you know, it seemed like you really can tell. You know, B-Ball had the quote that, uh, you know, was directed at me specifically and really tried to uh, given to hopefully bring me back in, which it's it's not quite getting there, but I do appreciate it nonetheless. That if he was. He wasn't allowed to take any shots last season. And if he took any threes, he would sit for 10 games, yeah. which is great, which is obviously great. Thank you, Doc Rivers. But you can just see how much more freedom the players are playing with. And they're just not all, you know, I, I saw PJ Tucker catch the ball from like out, up top. And I was like, he's not, he never stands up there. Like since yeah. when has he stood, stood up there? Like it's just, they're just being some more, fluidity and randomness and variety to the game, which is what I was calling for for a couple seasons under Doc. It's just really nice to see. And and nobody benefits from that more than B-Ball, who 
Yeah, I mean, I really liked watching him create a little bit. He drove into Porzingis, got into his chest a little, bumped him back, b-ball, uh, forced a double earmuffs. team, and earmuffs b-ball. Sorry. I love it. It's just I love it. Listening. But he was he was driving and kicking. He had a couple two two kicks to the corner in a row. Um, it's nice to see him create a little bit. Like he's a funky player, but uh, there's no reason not to see. Like this team has so few avenues through which to improve upon last year. Like who are they hoping? Right. After better. losing a couple of useful players, who are they hoping steps in and, and it gets better? And obviously Maxi is that and B do you always hope for, you know, you can hope for better shooting from Tobias or PJ or whatever it is, but like, it's really, and, and, and maybe Uber will be helpful. We can talk about that, but it's really B ball. Like B ball is the, is the biggest potential to especially playing some four here and there energy four. like if he can be useful and if he can hit some shots off the catch, then that is a really, really helpful player um, and a way that they could be a more interesting dynamic team. So um, I liked it. There were a couple of, and defensively, like Porzingis was going ISO at him. He stoned him. Um, Porzingis looks him. pretty springy, by the way. He definitely does. But games. like he also yeah. got the ball ripped from him by B-ball a couple yep. times. PJ yep. ripped it from him once, mm-hmm. um, took it real clean. Like, I don't know. I, I like watching it. I, I like watching them do stuff. Ooh, Springer went for it. Sorry, I'm I'm still watching the game. But uh yeah, I think this is a this is a Embiid's not playing, B ball has extended run and a coach that's willing to let him play through his mistakes. We're going to see interesting stuff. It's like watching a scientist that's like just got all the, the all the budget in the world decide, like, I'm gonna investigate this. Let's like put this under the microscope. And you and you come up with weird shit. And that's what we're seeing with B-Ball this year, I think. Especially By the way, season. it does make you just, I just not want to see Harden on the team because I, I, I just can't imagine a bunch of weird, different stuff with him dribbling the ball up the court every time. Do you know what I mean? Like from a, an offense perspective, we'll get to it when we talk about the coach, but I just, it just seems impossible to me given who he is. The rights Ricky Sanchez is brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Hey, speaking of dogs, Okay, we have 12 days, I think, 11 days to get to our $15,000 goal for Bark in the Park. We're raising money for Providence Animal Center. And Bark in the Park is October 21st at um, Rose Tree Park. Please donate. We're at $8,600. So we have $6,400 to go. Just, you got to donate. Go and do the... The, the link is in the description of this pod. If you're watching live, CJ will put it right in the chat. Won't you, CJ? Now, speaking of dogs, Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. I'm going to be honest with you. Rebel loves his Big Barker. Now, what he does do, Rebel is my dog who I love. What he does do sometimes toward the morning is he'll get in bed with us. When it gets cold out, he does do that a little bit more. But he always starts out for the first few hours on his Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. You, you may think to yourself, what difference does a dog bed make. They're going to be happy sleeping on whatever dog bed it is. And it's true. Your, your dog is understanding, just wants to sleep. The difference is, is that there's some dog beds like Big Barker, the only dog bed engineered by experts to support your dog's joints. They keep your dog healthier and happier. And there's some that do not. And you as a dog owner have one choice, get the dog bed that keeps your dog healthier. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky. You get the Big Barker dog bed. I want you to look at the pictures. I want you to read about it on the website and see the difference. And then when you order at bigbarker.com slash Ricky, you'll see you get the two process pup patches for free. Send us a photo. We'll put them in the process pup gallery. We actually got two pets in, a dog and a cat that sleep on the Big Barker. Mm, that's cute. Yes. Little kitty Barker or whatever. Big kitty, whatever it is. Anyway, they did a study at PenVet. All these things that I'm talking about, improved it, improvement in joint function, reduction in in joint severity. Like there's a difference between a pillow and a bed. A big barker is a bed. Your dog should be sleeping in a bed. 10-year warranty. The foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. One-year at-home trial. If you don't like it, you'd be a fool and your dog would be a fool. But still, even though you're a fool, big barker will give you a full refund and pay for the shipping. Handmade in the USA. Big barker dog beds. What else do we got from this particular game? Anything? I, there was a Danny, a near Mobamba mm-hmm. lob catch from Danny, which would have been we have, e- excellent. 
Yeah, so Bamba missed a missed an open dunk in game one of the preseason. He missed yep. a dunk off of a Danny lob. It was a tougher one, but he did miss it. And then he was fouled on a missed dunk cutting off of a Jaden Springer drive. So I need to see Bamba successfully do some stuff. He's missing a lot. He looks a little bit slow. He looks Can a little I ask bit you something? Not like, give me the damn ball. Like, you were it, mentioning making the roster. Is it possible that he doesn't make it? I don't think so. You don't think I it's don't possible think so. that he doesn't make it? Okay. He, I would. He I hasn't would looked great like, in if, these two. If games. like, if if trade is you know take trade off the table if they have to cut somebody, yeah. Um, I think Trez is like sixty percent. Uh, Petrashev is like thirty percent. Danny is eight percent, and Bamba is like two percent chance of being okay. the last cut on the list. So not not zero, list. but yeah. I think I think I think they want him to be be the guy back there. Whether it eventually becomes B ball or not, I think they they would trust him to protect the rim a little bit more than they would trust Petrashev mm-hmm. against like real NBA players. By the way, we got a. We got a note on YouTube about pronunciation. You are half right. I am all the way wrong with Petrushev. So it's Petrushev. So you always do the SH, which I never do. But it is Petrushev, not Petrushev. So Petrushev. Petrushev. Oh, Danny with another corner three. He's making this. He might fucking start, dude. He just might start. (laughs) 75-year-old Danny Green. Hey, Harden Harden sitting at home, but, uh, but we got Danny back. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's still Danny. I Anything thought uh, I thought Maybe Melton good. looked good. Yeah, it's good to see him back. He's out there. It's good to see yep. him play. He's just he's so he's comfortable hitting threes off the full sprint to run that fast as he does and then go straight up is really cool. He's like um, a six, he's useful. making eight million. He's a sixteen million dollar player, right? Next year I he's think, four I years sixty or something. A, I think so. I think at yeah. least at least over twelve. Yeah, he's a good um, player, man. He's a good player. He's a good player. And I think, yeah. you know, they just have, with, with PJ, they have a guy, get in, Mobamba. Nope, long. The, with PJ, they have a guy that, like, obviously can't do anything on the offensive end aside from stand there and hit threes. And so you, you kind of are a little bit having Melton have to do a, more than he should be doing mm-hmm. um, in, like, real lineups whether it's creation or just movement or something, you, you, you'd like him to be the most limited offensive player out there um, with the ball in his hands because of how he's not a great finisher at the rim and all that stuff. But so if they ever trade PJ in like a hardened trade or something, I do think Melton would become even more useful. Um, but he's just good to have out there. He's just good. You mean he's because really, of his spot really, on the floor, basically, and his spot with it, like he would get yeah, open his, like, spot up. rank yep. of... M- ability to do stuff yep. out there and he's a little bit up a level than he maybe should be for sure um but he's just he's just a helpful player to have Jaden springer off a of danny pass bang from three Jaden springer man come on we're there we're there That's- i was texting sixers adam today he was watching a scrimmage earlier and uh and he said Jaden was confidently rising up off the catch from three with guys running at him he said it was night and day from last year he does. Um, he looks like a different player from, from like in, in every respect, even physically. Not 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 that he looks physically different, but he's moving. I think a lot. It feels like he's moving a lot more quickly, and maybe it's because he's moving more confidently. I don't know, but he looks more athletic. Right I now. think it's. I think it is a confident. You 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 felt a little more of the hesitation in previous years, and uh, and he just he he knows where where to be. He knows what he's doing out there. He had a really nice sort of end of shot clock maybe like five or six seconds left isolation against Al Horford. And he just took him in there and spun and hit a nice little floater. And it's just, that's a composed. I was last year. He 100% gets blocked so badly by Horford that he ends up like on the ground and people are calling for him to like to get waved. And it was just really nice to see him just like this guy is old. I'm faster than him. I'm strong. I can get into his body a little bit and rise up over him and hit a floater. It was really nice. He's he's, he deserves to be in, an NBA rotation. If it's, if, if, if it's takes a little bit of time for him to get into it here, if he's not in the rotation at first, I expect at some point during the season injuries or whatever, I think we'll get in there. 
Speaking of Horford, he fouled him. But man, Maxi was battling with Horford in the post Absolutely. that time, wasn't Absolutely. he? And I don't even yeah. know if that was really a foul. He really like I agree with you. down and, and took the ball from him. It was a nice, it was a nice play. It it was a he's way bigger than you. It must have been a foul foul. Yeah. 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 It was nice to see. He's he's a tough player, Maxi. For his guy that smiles as much as he is, he's he's a really tough player. I thought Kelly Oubre looked good. Well, he hit I, shots. Yeah. He hit shots. It's Dangerous. helpful, but yeah. he's when he's not trying to do too much and he's just make, making good decisions. It is nice. He caught a lob. Finally, a guy on this team who can catch a lob, who is willing to do it. What a nice treat for me. <laughs> Kelly, thank you. Um, and he seems to be like, I don't know, he seems to be having fun. People seem to like him over there. He's an, It's interesting to go from a guy, a guy that was playing major minutes, averaging 20 a night, uh, 20 a night in, uh, in Charlotte to being a minimum guy. Um, and he seems like he just wants to be one of the guys coming off the bench, do what needs to be done. I'm sure there will be times when he does some crazy shit. Maybe, uh, maybe if Danny's buried in the rotation, then we'll see some Danny's from Kelly. Um, but I, I think at the minimum, it's just a he's going to be a useful player. He's going to be a useful player. He'll, 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 there'll be moments when he when he saves them in, in a game here and there, and there'll be moments, of course, when he takes them out of it. But there you go. Yeah, that, that is a, that's, that's my the, concern. But my, that's what you want. You don't at least from a bench player, you have a guy that can do something helpful rather than can only hurt them, which the Sixers have had guys like that. Uh, in in years of their career. Danny just tried to reverse layup with the left uh, off a of Paul Reed pass on a cut and uh, it didn't work out so well. I'm going to still be pretty skeptical of Oubre based on reaction from previous teams he played on, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm hopeful, but skeptical, I would say. Anybody else? Um, yeah, it was just, just the, the way that they defend is on the one hand, cool. They are rotating and ferocious and you're seeing them try the Toronto stuff that they do. And there are a couple times when they look good doing it. And then there's a couple times when you look at them and go like PJ Tucker and Tobias are not fast enough to get out at that person or like to change their weight so quickly where they can contest and then sort of slide with them. And, you know, Maxie's too small to do it or whatever it is. And, or Danny's too old. Oh, Turk Smith with a lob to Jaden Springer in transition. These are, we should only we should only do pods live. We should only do them, and they should all be preseason pods. Um, that was beautiful, uh, but yeah, I was wa- watching them do. I I was very frustrated with how much this team doubled last year, and I think that Nick Nurse's team will only do that more. And if you have the personnel to do it, right. then that's yeah. cool. Havoc, you know, let the wrong guys shoot threes for them. That's fine, but I don't trust the personnel on this team to um, to get out on everybody. Um, and I think it's going to be a frustrating amount of easy plays. There's one that I'm talking about specifically where PJ is like tagging the roller on a pick and roll. And then it's like the easiest pass in the world to Horford for three in the corner. And PJ is like, you know, has to get his suitcase out so he can roll over there to, to go contest it. And it's, he's obviously late and it's a wide open three for, for a corner. So it's going to be frustrating, but you know, that's the way he coaches. Can we get to this Pat Bev pod thing? Let's do it. All right. So look, you know, we take our content sources from, you know, a lot of different places during the season. There's obviously the games, you know, other podcasts, TV shows, magazine articles or website articles, blah, blah, blah. The Pat Bev pod is going to be a major source of podcast content. I can just feel it. I can totally feel it. So he had the shirtless well, he wasn't shirtless during the pod. The often shirtless Michael Rubin on the podcast. And Pat Bev said a couple of Michael, things. Michael, we're, we're in an office building. Put a shirt on. Come on, man. You, you have to hear all this because of what Pat Bev said and what Michael Rubin said. CJ, hit him. As a past NBA owner, obviously you're close to the Sixers. The situation that's going on with James Harden, how would you handle it? It wouldn't have happened. You know, first of all, James is family to me. And like, I'm not like, I'm not going to hide about that. I love James. This thing is breaking my heart. This thing was just not handled well. He was playing with us in practice and boy, he was cooking. He was? Ooh, I'm talking about the the pot was out and he was stirring that bitch up. There's nobody who wants to win a championship 
more than James Harden. Like, yeah. I know this guy like my brother. Yeah. People give James a hard time because, you know, he likes to have fun. I mean, it's bullshit. Like, the, guy, the guy's work ethic for basketball is insane. And his, his attitude has been great. He's been leading. He's been giving advice. So you might hear all the bad shit, you know, on TV from reporters that's not there. But actually being a teammate that's there, he's, he's been phenomenal. I block out the noises really same because I think a lot of people just don't know like the real James Harden, how badly he wants to win. I think he's in great, not good shape. No, he's in great shape. Yeah, he's in great shape. Great shape. Right. That's yeah, right. Body looks great. Yeah. Every time I'm in the weight room, he's in the weight room. <laughs> he's going to ball out this year. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think that can, might have been the first time I heard his voice. Can you imagine? Uh, I, I, I have to learn the guy's name because we played the podcast clip and I, I don't know who the other guy is, but can you imagine... On one side of you is, is Pat Beverly talking about how in great shape James Harden is, how badly he wants to win. Oh, on great the other shape. side, great shape. On the other he side, he texts me Michael, pictures of his nipples. Great shape. <laughs> on the other side is Michael Rubin, almost trying to one up Pat Beverly and saying, <laughs> saying, you say oh, you're he's in practice? Good shape. Yeah. What's that? No, God, sorry. Yeah. You say he's in great shape. You say he's in good shape. I say he's in great shape. You say he wants to win. I say there's literally no other person who wants to win a championship more. <laughs> How do you sit in between these two fucking guys saying this? How do you, you gotta, my man, you gotta interrupt for a second. And this is just a clip and go, guy, guy, hey, hey, guys, are we are we talking about the same James Harden? <sighs> unbelievable. Yeah, really I mean, it's obviously very fun to go like, there's no way to prove that other people want to win a championship more than James Harden. But yep. I feel like there are. My guess is that there are. Having watched basketball a decent amount over the last few decades. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the he's my brother is really funny. Um, it's just, look, maybe he's a good guy. Maybe everybody loves him and he's just such an easy hang. But I just can't, I could not build from scratch a more like not my type of guy than Michael Rubin. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Um, but I mean, it's funny, especially because Papev is like, yeah, he looks great in practice. And here's like what I'm seeing. And Rubin is like, yeah, yeah, I talked, I talked to him all the time. He has Shabbat dinner at my place every night. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 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 No, did he say in that quote, I thought he was supposed to say, I, maybe I zoned out. CJ, did he say that the thing with Harden wouldn't have happened if he was there? Yeah, it was the first thing. Okay, all right. The first thing he said. What a, for a friend of the organization, well, he's clearly picking sides on this one. I mean, he's clearly sort of picking, he was supposed to be sort of friend of the Sixers or whatever after he yes. sold his piece. Yeah. But him saying it wouldn't have happened if he was there, bro, Really? It wouldn't have happened if you were there? You couldn't have prevented it somehow? Whatever. It's weird. Know. The yeah, whole thing. I, I love to hear what Daryl th thinks about it. Yeah. I'm but sure there's he's just it's, when there's thrilled. like the there's all these sports teams and stuff, and when there's agents involved and like, you know, lesser owners and stuff, and then executive, there's so many people spinning to make them sound yeah. like they're the one. That would mm -hmm. that could have like rode in on a big white horse and saved the day. Um, oh, why didn't you save just, the day when you were fucking here? <laughs> yeah, if you have so much like yeah. pull, you should have. It would saved never the have lost day. when I was there. Yeah. It would never have lost. I would have got in there. I would have fucking. I would have guarded Tatum. I would have covered him. <laughs> <laughs> Look at how shredded I am. Go on. Yeah. Go on now. The Rights of Ricky Sanchez is brought to you by Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process. You may ask me, how do you spell Kasabi? It's fucking easy. K-S-E-B-E. K-S-E-B-E. Adam Kasabi has got a whole team of folks. They work out of Long and Foster in Bethany Beach, and they are your secret, your direct line to a home at the Delaware Beaches. Homes are hard to buy right now. There's not a lot on the market. You need a good realtor. Kasabi is that realtor. Actually, I don't know if you remember this. I said the first person who buys a home from Kasabi at the Delaware Beach, I will do a pod at their house. This happened like three years ago or something. I haven't done the pod at his house, but Seth, well, I'm working to get to Rehoboth this winter to do a pod from the guys. Get house. there. 
it's been a while. Look, plus uh, the process to Seth's house. <laughs> the the what's it called? The uh, the Delaware beaches are beautiful. They have far lower property taxes than Jersey. I know so many people in our area are Jersey Beach people. You should check out Delaware beaches. Rehoboth is beautiful. Lewis is beautiful. Dewey, if that's your kind of thing, is cool. Bethany also very cool. Kasabi will help you get a home there. I'm telling you, there is no one else that you can go to, especially now, especially with the housing market the way it is. Now, if you want to buy a home in a different state that isn't Delaware or Maryland, perhaps it's Pennsylvania, perhaps it's New Jersey, perhaps New York, perhaps fucking California. I don't know. He can't buy that house for you. But what he will do, if you call him or email him, he will find out all of your information, find out what you're looking for, and find the best realtor for you. Even interview other realtors to make sure that you get the right one. Give him a call or text him, 302-864-8643. That is 302-864-8643. Or email adam at processrealtor.com. That's adam at processrealtor.com. Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process. You mentioned earlier the quote from B-Ball Paul about shooting threes. Quote exactly was, I probably wouldn't have played for like 10 games. Oh, last season, if I was taking threes, I probably wouldn't have played for like 10 games. This year, they want me to shoot the ball more. So then we had this from Daniel House, who was also speaking about the offense. Obviously, it's very early, but can, how would you contrast the different types of concepts that you have with Doc versus me? I don't know. I can tell you the difference now. No, nah, I'm just going to get into all that. But uh, no, it's just it's just a lot more more uh, selfless basketball. It's not so much so much of two guys having the ball. Doctors, two uh, two guys ball dominant. Nick nurses, everybody play together. Everybody work for each other. Help cut to get your brother open shot. So it's just, you can see the difference night and day. And then you have Joel Embiid, who we were sort of led to believe was a Doc Rivers guy the entire time. And Joel was talking about the offense as well. A lot of the guys have spoken to the offensive changes that have happened with movement and you know, different things, I guess. What's the biggest difference so far compared to the you know, last couple of years on that side of the ball? Biggest difference? Um, I love it and we all love it. I, I think this is the best way to win uh, and I've always believed that I never liked the idea of just being a scorer I like to do everything on the basketball court I want to be a playmaker I want to score I want to get guys, I want to get my guys involved I want to you know get them open so you know and you know the way we've been playing the system in place how we're working on I think you know it might be you know it might take a while but you know once we you know, we figured out we're gonna be fine, but it's fun. It's fun playing out with the ball moving, the ball moving side to side, everybody touching it. Um, you know, that means everybody's happy, and most importantly, on the other end, everybody does the job because they're seeing the ball, they're touching the ball. Even if they're not shooting, at least they have the ball in their hands. So, I think you know everybody's binding, and you know I love it because that's the way I, I love playing, just moving the ball and you know getting everybody involved. So, I mean, they're all saying the same thing. Now, it is nice to hear them say that. There is, I would imagine, when you have the same coach for a few years and you get somebody in there that does something different, it feels nice. Mm -hmm. The only other thing I'll call out is like Joel saying he doesn't really want to score all the time is a big fat lie. Sure, yeah. A fucking enormous liar. Mm -hmm. But I am insanely curious to see how this team evolves this year offensively, whether Harden is or is not here, specifically given Nick Nurse and given what we've seen out of Joel Embiid his entire career, if this can really be different, it will be stunning to me. It's amazing to me that they're all just fucking basically like, like sort of shitting on Doc after he left. Mm -hmm. It's actually surprising to me, but I'm, I'm, in, um, after hearing this from everybody, it's like when a band says, you know, we went back to, you know, our roots. This is just like the first album shit or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you hear the album and it's just, it's not like that at all. I'm very curious to see if all this talk ends up being real, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there will be growing pains. I think it's important to know that. Um, 
part of what was a struggle for the Raptors last season is that they did not have like bread and butter offense stuff yeah. to get them easy looks. And there was, there intended to be some movement and fluidity and everybody kind of can do stuff. And then it turned out to be, I think Siakam said last year, like everybody was just being selfish. It might have been Scotty. Um, and so that it wasn't working. And they didn't have the guys that could really like create the kind of offensive flow and not enough shooters to to make the defense pay for it for help helping or whatever it is. I like, I think it will be helpful for Joel's career at large to have had the couple years under Doc to go. This is this is what it takes to take have the full weight of a superstar's offensive load on my shoulders. And he can get you, you know, he can average 33 a night, which is which is crazy and amazing that he that he did that. I would love for him to this season be much more of a threat as a passer, be much more have guys that are much more willing to cut off of him. I think it makes the team way more dangerous. And then when they when the other guys on the team have, you know, earned the respect of the defense, then Joel can go all right, I'm going one-on-one on this guy um, because he has done that and he has proven capable of doing that. It's when in the playoffs, they start sending double teams. They start sending people from his blind side. I would love for the Sixers offense to be on their front foot and making the defense pay rather than just reacting to what the defense is doing. Um, Joel, you know, there was that line, I think it was Ramona, right? When she, when he said, um, <laughs> yeah. He loves watching like, Jokic play in the finals, yeah. and he why can't he play like that? And it's like, well, buddy, you're not as good as him at a lot of the stuff that he's good at. Um, but if there's more variety, like I'm all for it, and I'm I'm all for Joel upping his um, percentages uh, in the playoffs of like the passing and the turnovers need to be inverted um, in the playoffs because that, that's obviously been such a such a uh, problem area for him. So. I'm happy with it now. I think that there will be times when everyone's passing like a little bit too much and a little bit like, can we just get like an easy bucket or something? And it just seems like everyone's doing six, six to eight passes and cuts to make any movement happen. And then it's like, okay, it's the end of the shot clock. Um, but obviously the offense looks way different, as you said, with Harden there. If he's just standing with the ball there with the ball dribbling and waiting until there's six seconds left in the shot clock to do a little between the legs stuff before a step back. So I like that they're saying it. It's obviously that they're, they're saying it during preseason and training <laughs> camp and stuff. And we'll see when it becomes real. But there being more diversity in, in the offense and a little bit more um, it, the other players being empowered and, and feeling like there's some flow to it um, will hopefully get them easy buckets. And, you know, I love cuts. I've been begging for cuts for a long time. So, yeah, we'll see. Who is the guy that you said was always good at cutting? What was Thibault? Was there another one? Well, Springer. Spring. Um, I, I feel like there's someone Zaire, before. I mean, Zaire was very good. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, at that, um, we can go through all the all the guys that all the guys that are bad at cutting. Uh, unfortunately, uh, nearly died. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of a bummer for me. Um, but yeah, we'll see, man. It's you know because Brett's offense was more yes, was move around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but not when Embiid posted up. And so if we can if we can take Embiid at the nail with a little bit more flow, then maybe that's like the best the best case scenario of both Brett Brett and Doc with Nick's like influence in there. So we'll see. It's a it's a long season. I'm I'm excited to watch them try shit and not be and I'm sure they're excited by a coach that has won a championship so recently, not during the George Bush administration. <laughs> and maybe who cares more about basketball than golf? <laughs> I don't know. There's nobody that wants to win a championship more than uh, golf rivers. <laughs> oh, did I, sorry. Did I say did I, sorry? Did I say golf rivers? I mean, doc. <laughs> so ESPN is doing their own top 100. We have, oh, where did I miss this? Oh, no, there it is. We have three sixers. So they've revealed 100 through number 10 or number 11. Tobias Harris comes in at number 83. Last year, he was number 56. He is right ahead of Clint Capella, Anthony Simons, and Harrison Barnes, and Kyle Kuzma. He is behind Bobby Portis, Tyler Hero, and Chris Paul. 
it's a pretty precipitous drop for Tobias to go from 56 to 83 for really no reason. I feel like everybody's yeah. getting just punched in the face because of how they lost in the playoffs. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but I could mm-hmm. certainly make a case for being surprised that he's listed like ahead of Harrison Barnes or Kyle Kuzma, two players that I think we would all probably rather have. But feels like he should be behind Hero Portis and well Bobby Portis I don't think so but Chris Paul so whatever to me, 83 there's, feels there's, there's I know why this gets engagement yeah I I understand yeah on you don't the like level it. of people having to generate interest mm-hmm. the there is like so functionally no difference between like the 57th best player and like the 93rd yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and that's a good so point. much of it is context, and like, but if you want to get mad, then I'm I support getting <laughs> mad. Like that's something that I that I've done and support uh, generally. So well, we don't uh, have, but yeah, maybe Tobias will take this personally and dunk more times this season. Well, and we don't have the top ten yet, which is where so and uh, Harden came in in number forty three. Maxi mm-hmm. came in at number forty two. Speaking of that's precipitous. A- drops yeah that's a nice bump for maxi though 42. it's a nice nice bump for maxi yep. and harden was 11 last year yeah pretty crazy and for anyone keeping track pascal siakam is 25 25 so that's the biggest that's the widest gap yes is of the of the national rankings on espn for sure and um and we will okay. we'll see where Embiid comes in we did get this call I, it's got to be it's got to be top three right no top three Giannis Jokic Embiid, he's the come reigning MVP. I don't think he'll be three. Who do you think will be above him? So, wait, hold on. Let me. You think it's it weird be? to think of teams without looking at it. Give me a second. So, Steph, not LeBron, Steph, not AD. Steph could, yeah, Steph. KD will be above him. I think. I don't know. It, he's really old, man. These really fuckers love KD, they the do. most I mean, overrated he's, player he's in NBA great. history. Oh no, he's incredible. He's he's, he's very overrated. He's a great player, but he's very overrated. Uh, could do you think it's possible they could put Tatum ahead of Embiid? No, you don't think? No, I don't think they would. Okay, so Steph well, will be. I, mean, ahead. I don't. I don't know that they. There, there's a case to me. I don't think it'd be ridiculous if they did, but I don't think that they would, especially coming off an, MB, uh, an MVP year. Luca, not yet. They love Luca. I don't think so. I think if if there's anybody, it's Stephen Durant. Um, but I don't think Embiid falls outside the top five, and I think there's a good chance that he's still listed at five. I would, I'd probably my guess would be Giannis. Sorry, Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, Steph, Durant would be my guess for what the top five is we'll see we will see the rights to ricky sanchez is presented by DraftKings sportsbook i want them to release the worst players in the nba list that would be more <laughs> interesting to me who cares they're all very good at the top let's go yeah. to the bottom who's hanging by a thread how outraged in china how outraged would you be at like half of the players that you think should not so, be the so mad. that would honestly make me so much more mad than anything <laughs> absolutely this absolutely. guy should this this guy shouldn't be in the bottom hundred yeah Yes. Uh, is it this one? Vegas Mike time. Eagles 5-0. and Eagles are 5-0. and Phillies one win away from the NLCS. We're Vegas. doing a Sixers podcast. <laughs> like a bunch of, a couple of fucking morons. Preseason Total. Sixers. They lost, by the way, by 11. Yeah. Who cares? It's Who great. Cares about any of it? All right. Get used to it. Have you looked at the Eagles line yet? Do you know what no. it is? Okay. No. So Eagles are playing at the Jets at MetLife Stadium on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Jets coming off of a win over the Denver Broncos. Eagles coming of a win over the Rams. With Rams you in attendance. Right, right, with you in attendance, which we did right after you got back. So mm-hmm. what is the line, Vegas Mike? Uh, Eagles at Jets. Give me Eagles six even. Seven. Seven. It is seven. And I'm I'm almost always within one, which is pretty good. Not something I'm really good at. But on pod, on pod is when I as this is my playoffs. <laughs> I bring it. Vegas Mike at DraftKings Sportsbook with the Phillies up two one over the Braves in the NLDS 
what would you say the Phillies' odds are to win the World Series? Ooh. Phillies' World Series odds. With the Phils up 2-1, D-backs yep. up 2-0, Phils would host. Yep. Astros up 2-1, Rangers up 2-0. Well, I yep. haven't looked at the Rangers situation today. I'm going to guess Phils plus... 420. Not bad. Plus 340. Astros are the favorite at plus 220. Rangers are the favorite at plus... Rangers are second at plus 290. And before we go at DraftKings Sportsbook, Mike, why don't you give me the odds for the Phillies to win the National League pennant? Okay. So National League pennant. So one more game and then and then, then LCS. I'll say plus... Uh, 180. Plus 125. Ooh. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. The NFL season is going strong. We're talking about the Sixers. DraftKings Sportsbook hooking new customers up with an offer that is even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nope. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game this October. Every game. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code RTRS. New customers get $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet $5 on the NFL. That's code RTRS. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Gotta be 21. See show notes for details. So in addition to the top 100, John Schumann, who I believe was the first national writer to ever reference the rights to Ricky Sanchez in, in publication. I don't know if you remember it. He did do it. I think it was our hinky interview that he, mm. he quoted. Wow. John Schumann does a, a GM survey, survey every year and sends out a bunch of questions, 50 questions to NBA GMs. I thought most of it, like as far as a... Sixers related. I didn't find much to be that surprising, but I want to read you this one. Who is the best interior defender in the NBA? Mm-hmm. Number one, Jaron Jackson Jr. Number okay. two, Rudy Gobert. Number three, Brooke Lopez. Number four, Anthony Davis. Number five, Draymond Green. Number six, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. Number seven, Evan Mobley. Not listed, not receiving any votes. Joel Embiid. He simply must take this personally. I we're, we're we are coming up with bulletin board material for Joel. Yeah, he is just. So when I was an assistant at How I Met Your Mother, it was my first job, my first show out here. Yep. Um, my first job was was being the night PA. I would come in at like on on nights that there's a script that coming out. I would come into work at like four p.m. I would get the writers dinner. And, and production and get them dinner and then wait for the script to be uh, done by the writers and then the writer's assistants would proof it and then send it to me and I'd print out a million copies. I distributed them all, all around the office and then there were a couple people still at this time. So this is 2012, 2012. Um, there were a couple people that still wanted scripts hand delivered to their houses in these little like manila envelopes and stuff. And so okay. I would drive all around LA. They're probably like five or six places usually um, some actors, some executives drive around to, to their, their houses and then drop them at the front door uh, or wherever they said they wanted it. I wouldn't like knock or anything. Sometimes it'd be super late. The worst feeling in the world is when you showed up at their house at like 3 a.m. the night before. And then here comes a new draft of the script the next night and you go to put it down, and the draft, the script that I had put down the night before is in the exact same place that I had left it. <laughs> they didn't read it. They didn't look at it. Why did I come? Why did I do this? And that's a little bit what it feels like with us sending Joel bulletin board material <laughs> for him to get mad at. I hope you take this personally. Please, God, take it personally. And it's like, oh, you still haven't read that one. Oh, no. Okay, well, here's another. Just adding it to the pile. He never opened the package of thumbtacks we left for him. Never it's opened still, it. <laughs> never opened it. Writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. I, I will that, say, Gian yeah. being there is ridiculous. Like, Brooke Lopez is it obviously is. the best rim protector on that team. If he yes. wasn't, then 
if Brooklyn was, wasn't there, like Giannis would be so much more exposed than he is. Um, I'm sorry, also, Evan Mobley is overrated. He's he's very good, defender. but he's not yeah. quite. He's not there yet. That's and he will be at some point, but he, he's not there yet. Giannis and, getting any votes at all for best interior defender in the NBA is crazy. You can say he's a very helpful defensive presence, and as like him using his wingspan to like muck stuff up, but he's not protect. He's not protecting the rim as an interior defender the way Brooke Lopez does. That's crazy. Um, and as I read on the, on the pod where I did the stats, Embiid's yep. numbers yes. have gotten worse year yes. to year, like year to year to year to year. And I would, and maybe the offensive load conversation that we just had, hopefully is, uh, something that if he expends 20% less on the offensive end, then he can be a little bit more fresh on the defensive end. He's got to be top three here. He's got to be top three here. I'm sorry. I think he he, is generally when it counts in the playoffs and stuff. His presence back there is still so deterring. Um, But it's definitely not as good as it. It's definitely not as good as consistently as it used to be. And I think even the heights of it are still not quite, not quite as good as they, as they could be perhaps because he's saving his energy. Um, But I would like him to not be doing that. I think defense is the most important thing for him this year. Right, Sanchez at gmail.com is, mm, I'm trying to think. Yeah, we'll do this. Spike, Mike, and CJ. This comes from Connor. In the email below, I don't really have a question, more of a theory I was thinking about today during work. I love how you guys try to deep dive and think about where leaks may have come from when reports come out. So I figured I would give it a shot. In your most recent pod, you talked about who could have leaked these James Harden negotiation rumors and offers, the most recent Clippers ones. And I think it's worth considering these latest leaks come from Harden himself. And the why of it essentially boils down to him realizing that nobody likes him, not the league, not NBA GMs, not the NBA community. Running through this below scenario, does it not seem like James Harden is trying to improve his image and gain leverage, or even worse, try to be the, quote, good guy? His first leaks is that he was going to be a dickhead at camp. He will act like such a child that no one will want to keep him around anymore. Then he shows up at camp and everything is fine. Why? He's an altar boy. Yes, altar boy. The, nobody works harder. Why leak that you're going to be a dickhead if you're in fact just going to show up and act like everything is great and the vibes are chill? Because now the expectation was set. He is going to show up and make the Sixers trade him by pouting until he gets what he wants. However, now that he showed up and acted normal, there's a bunch of positive press about James. If he just showed up and played basketball like Jaden Springer or Tobias Harris and did this without making noise, why would anyone be praising him? Now, this leads me to the trade rumors. He leaked the trade because he knows there is a large percentage of Sixers fans out there that would take the deal. I personally wouldn't, but there certainly are. James knows that Sixers fans want him off the team so badly that leaking any type of offer, whether true or not, puts pressure on Daryl Morey from fans to make the trade. Do I think that works on Daryl? No, but it could arguably, it could arguably be, be more dangerous as we are dealing with a ticking time bomb that is an unhappy James Harden that could explode at any time. That is a very interesting theory on the trade in that it looks realistic and takeable. You yeah, know? the idea. Well, those are two, there are two separate parts of that. One is that like Harden is going to leak that he's going to be ridiculous and he comes and he plays well. And it's like, oh, he's just like kind of there and doing regular stuff. Maybe he is mm-hmm. good, like setting the expectations and then um, topping them, like, uh, uh, you know, leaping over the bar that he, the small low bar that he has set for himself. Um, and that's fine. The idea that like leaking a trade that is bad, one first round pick, that is basically what they have, what has been reported. Kinda. Doesn't sound bad to me, by the way. It's just one one pick. Yeah. If, it's, if you're trading Harden for one pick and expiring contracts, like that's that doesn't do anything to me. I, I don't think that that's going to like help them get the superstar that they could get. Um, I There's this thing about like people leaking stuff to the press. And obviously I'm coming off the writer's strike and the studios did that all the time. They hired like crisis PR firms to consistently leak stuff to the press. And as if, as if like we as a group, like a couple of writers or us as Sixers fans are going to see the deal and be like, hey, that's the best that we're going to get. And you should do it. Like, and we're, we're going to go to either Daryl or the negotiating committee in this instance for the guild and, and say like, don't try to get anything better. Don't even try. Take this one. 
And I just feel like it never works. And I feel like, how would that even look? Shouldn't we as fans and we as a union, I'm really blending these together, want a better deal? Like if he thinks he can get one, he should try to get one. That's the way I look at it. I mean, obviously, I don't think that the Harden thing is going to work, but I also don't begrudge Daryl for thinking like, hey, if the best offer is one fucking pick in five years, six years, that is on a team that is probably going to still be very good because they're willing to pay out the ass for whatever they need, then like, that's not, that's not quite enough for me to be like, don't, the idea of like behind door number two of waiting is still way better to me. We got this email from, wait, where is it? This is a good one. Oh, from Kevin. Hi, writes Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Hi, Mike and Spike. Fuck off, CJ. After hearing the sex email and what preceded the sex email, I was inspired and needed the following to be on record. <laughs> on March 4th, 2016, a very different lifetime ago, following a 10 point loss to the Heat. I had a threesome where I wore Nerland's Noel jersey. Wow. I now have nothing to do with either of these two people. I think of them often. I hope they are doing well. It is written. I don't care if you read my name. Amazing. Amazing. I got a message about the sex email that I do think I wanted to share. The sex email was was wild. <laughs> and I was, I was re- hearing it in the moment and had not heard about it. Yeah. But I did get an email saying like, hey, big fan. Listen to the email about the sex email. I feel like you guys failed to acknowledge how hurtful and demeaning that situation would have been for the girl. Uh, it would have been super disrespectful to her. And it doesn't feel like the kind of sexist bro culture that like, you know, we as a podcast do. Uh, I don't and encourage I, it. Yeah. I just want to say like, not cool. <laughs> like, yeah. just make sure. I was mostly reacting to the idea that people would be listening to me talking about the Sixers during While sex. And that sex. sort of yeah. fully threw me for a loop. But obviously... That's very, that is extremely disrespectful uh, and very shitty. So I just want to make that clear. I don't think that we were like endorsing that kind of thing, but I just wanted to be clear about it. Even though it was funny to hear uh, somebody would want to be listening to me Uh reacting to the Sixers uh, during a time of intimacy. Um, I'm going to be honest. Not something that I would, uh, that I would recommend. I think it's disrespectful that somebody would have sex while listening to the podcast from my perspective. Why are you doing oh, something so you're, other? you're being disrespected. That's interesting. I feel like people should not be doing anything at all. You should sit quietly. Yes. With your clothes on. Don't have sex while I'm talking. <laughs> I'm talking I think here. if everybody's consenting to it, absolutely have sex while I'm talking. Yeah. <laughs> but I just wouldn't sort of make an example and sort of sneak one by anybody. I don't no, think that's no, very cool. No. To wrap up the uh, sex email, 833-LICKFACE. Hey, Spike, Mike, and CJ. This is Maura. I'm a girlfriend of a hardcore Ricky fan. I have definitely grown to love the pod, but not to the extent of where it's on my sex playlist. <laughs> I definitely believe the sex email, though. I started dating my now partner right before the Hawk series, and we spent our entire third date watching Trey Young and some shitty ginger guy kill his hopes of a Sixers round three. When the game was over, I wasn't prepared to listen to an hour of grown men morning. And I really wasn't prepared for that to become a twice weekly occurrence. But here we are two years later. And here I am calling in <laughs> much love to the pod, Twitch chat and our boy CJ. Have a good day. Y'all. Wow, that was they, a great. That was yeah. my favorite voicemail we gotten so far. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, we yeah. started dating right before the Hawk series. It's <laughs> such yeah. a dramatically upsetting thing to say. Yeah, uh, yeah. You should have different fucking, you know, like landmarks or whatever yes. to yeah. your relationship. Yeah, but. unfortunately, they are Sixers based. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I think on the next pod, CJ Mike has taken the responsibility of my punishment for deciding to watch the Sixers if James Harden is on the team and giving it to you. Yeah. So there's a lot in the the emails and stuff I'll, I'll send you and you can decide on them. Also, the only thing I want to bring up is if James Harden never plays for the Sixers, do I need to be punished at all? I didn't break my promise, did I? Uh, I would say no. Okay. All right, good. All right, thank you. I would you. say no, if he never plays. But if he plays a preseason game or a regular season game and you watch, then yes. 
But again, I don't support the whole thing. I don't think you should watch. I don't. Yep. I think this is a fraud. I think this whole pod is a sham. Um, <laughs> I think our listeners have been lied to, and they should have a sort of class action lawsuit and sue you for all your worth. Okay. All right. That sounds reasonable. Totally. That's what I think. That's what I think. Oh. My opinion. Oh yeah, CJ wasn't here for the new ending of the pod. So we will talk to you what Saturday morning, right? Blouse uh, has improved to four and one saying this. Wait, who improved to four and one? My coach. Uh, my, the, oh. my coach. Oh, sorry. Coach People love the song. It's a great song. Yeah. Uh, we are four and one. Big time in the sports world. WNBA Finals. Phil's one game away from the NLCS. Birds 5-0. and oh, And then we're doing, but we're doing a podcast. podcast we're the doing the Sixers podcast, <laughs> babe. And they're always doing the preseason, and we don't know if the guy's going to play. All right. Hey, let's look at the Philadelphia sports landscape. It's, it's shining bright. What could we spend seven hours a week watching the games Pick and then anything. another three hours a week talking about them? Any Pick team. Anything. Sixers. 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 Oh my God, Mora's in the chat. If you don't fuck Great. with me. Yeah. <laughs> then I will fuck you. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Are you down with TTP? Spike Eskin is alive. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't fuck, fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Time for plan B.